Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With your host, Andrew Donaldson, this is Herd Tell. Hi, welcome to Herd Tell. He's back, our buddy Joe Zemanski. He is from elections-daily.com. He got very little sleep because he is busy up doing things like live feeds and stuff. Uh, we had ourselves some primaries on Tuesdays. Let's get right to it, my friend. The one that is still ongoing, Pennsylvania, U.S. Senate. Dr. Oz, where are we at? What are we looking for? And what's left out there as we sit here and record this on Wednesday afternoon? It, from what I've heard, it sounds like there's around about 28,000 votes left uh, out there right now. It's mostly absentee ballots. And the problem is a lot of them are out in Allegheny County, where they're not going to be planning on count, starting to count those things until Friday afternoon, which means we not not know about these results until Monday or Tuesday of next week. So uh, that's already immediately going to be a massive potential cause of uh, concern here because, you know, we it might be a whole week until we hear about what's going on. And because of how tight the margin is right now, it's only about 2,100 votes. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see right now how much these kind of mail-in and absentee votes that were pushing harder for uh, McCormick, and they looked better for McCormick, see how much they kind of thin down that result. Right now, it looks like we're potentially heading towards recount territory. Multiple people from both uh, who both work for both Oz and McCormick have been contacted to potentially help out with a recount across the state and recanvassing. So we, we are very much in that territory right now. Let me just tell you, this Senate primary is not done by any means. Yeah, uh, Pennsylvania, we need to note uh, anything less than half a percentage point automatic recall. So even if people don't call for it, that's baked in the cake. Kind of looks like that's where we're heading either which way. There's going to be a recall of some kind or recount of some kind here. Um, give me a feel, though, the counties that are out. I know that's a lot of ballots for something that's kind of bouncing around that 2,000 vote margin, give or take, depending on which numbers you want to use. Give me a feel for it. You think it's Oz? You think it's McKinney? What do you think? These these ballots probably slightly favor Dave McCormick a little bit more. The question is whether or not it's enough to get him to close and then close down the margin to Dr. Oz and then overtake uh, Oz in the in the race right now. That's really the question. We expect just from the patterns that we've seen across the state, uh, we expect these ballots to favor McCormick, but. You know, it, it's something that could go either way. Uh, again, this is it's just a race between them right now. Kathy Barnett is not a, a not a non-factor right now. She's about eight. She's about seven points behind both uh, both other both of the other candidates in the top right now, and Oz and McCormick. So it's really just going to come down between what do those ballots show up like for Oz and McCormick? What day? What are they from? Are they election day votes? Are they absentee votes? 
And, you know, who are they pushing towards to get towards that victory? The other thing in Pennsylvania on the Republican side, of course, uh, Doug Mastriano easily cruised uh, to the governor nomination. I, I wish I had some gifts of your reaction uh, on the live feed when this came through. Talk about it. Uh, you you guys at Election Stash Daily said this automatically makes the governorship a lean Democratic. Uh, just give me your feel on it because he won very easily. He lapped the field. He got up into the 40s in a multiple uh, person field. How bad is this for the Republican Party? Because I've said it publicly. I'll say it again here. This guy is unfit for office. He shouldn't have any elected office whatsoever, especially governorship of one of our larger states. Yeah, the problem for Mastriano is, you know, we've, you know, you have outsiders who and businessmen who you've seen before who have come out and they kind of say crazy things like he does. But the thing is, is that Mastriano, as an elected official, as a state senator, he has a record and he that record is not great to say the least, in terms of probably winning over moderates and winning over key voters that you still do need to win, even a Republican-favored year uh, in the state of Pennsylvania. And, you know, there are there are tweets out there of him supporting martial law. There, there is a screenshot of a tweet that he retreated that said that Doug Mastriano should be, the President Trump should appoint, uh, appoint Doug Mastriano to lead martial law in the country to figure out what the hell went out wrong with uh, Election Day 2020. And, you know, and then Mastriano retweeted that tweet from his personal account, not from his state senate. There is just my concern is that even if he does try the moderate, they just I don't think he can. There is just too much stuff out there of him like going all in on some of a lot of the nonsense surrounding 2020 and then going above and beyond that, uh, that that's what I think makes a concern for a lot of us. And that's what makes a concern for you know a, a lot of republicans in the state that's why they were trying to coalesce at the end there obviously didn't work it didn't help him that trump decided to endorse mastriano as kind of a, a record hedge because he was so concerned about oz losing in the end that he decided to, a lot of reports saying that he endorsed mastriano because he wanted a victory in the state and that just propelled mastriano over it is it is just a really concerning thing though uh, in terms of winning back the governor's race for Republicans, there's a lot of people there who are really concerned about uh, him being able to get over the hump. And Pennsylvania has done this before where it has elected Republican congressman, it has elected Republican senator, it has elected Republican state house and state senate, but then it elects Democratic governor because either a Republican governor or candidate was too crazy or was too unliked to get past a relatively likable Democratic candidate. It happened in 2014. I'm very fearful that it could happen again here in 2022 for Republicans. Yeah, and one thing he hasn't retracted that might be the craziest thing he says yet as far as the average voter getting upset about it. He wants to deregister every single registered voter and re-register them. That, that kind of stuff just, you, I can't even imagine you thinking that, let alone saying like telling voters, I'm going to really hassle your life, every single one of you. Doesn't sound good. Um, before we move off Pennsylvania real quick, of course, uh, John Fetterman, who's still in the hospital, I think he was going to get out today, perhaps. Mm. Um, he won his very convincingly. Connor Lamb was thought of as kind of a rising star a few years ago. He got absolutely woodshedded in this race. Fetterman, uh, is he the favorite in this race? Would Dr. Oz be the favorite? Uh, how do you stack that up? You know, uh, it's probably well, probably a fit, it's it's a toss up race right now. We've had it rated as toss up since we knew that Senator Toomey was retiring. You know, either either Oz or McCormick as the Republican nominee. This is going to be a toss up against Fetterman just because of the closeness of the state. Uh, but you know, uh, Fetterman does have some angles he may have to work with if you look kind of deeper into the numbers. Uh, he finished a distant third in some very heavily uh, black areas in Philadelphia last night, 
that will bring some concern to uh, Democratic strategists, uh, whether or not he can, their, their ticket can bring out the African-American vote, especially in Philadelphia for, for, the, uh, for the fall. That is going to be a key interest of concern here. Fetterman is certainly not someone that should be underestimated, though. I've seen far too many Republicans online underestimate Fetterman. You know, he is not, I've said this before, he is not someone who should be underestimated. I do think that Republicans can end up favoring him in the seat by the time fall comes around. But he's not someone that you can overlook and just say, well, he's a guy who dresses funny. He's not going to win in Pennsylvania. You know, you can't say that. That's not something you can say. That's not something you can believe. Uh, you know, this is going to be a close race again here in Pennsylvania. And having Mastriano as the governor's nominee doesn't necessarily help matters in that regard either. I hate to put it this way, but we, we got to go off recency bias a little bit. Despite who the candidates are, and I agree with you, Fetter, Fetterman's got a different kind of style, which people have a hard time getting their head around. That doesn't mean it's not going to be effective. If you get a Dr. Oz, let's say he wins this and pulls this out, you have Mastriano on the ticket. But a lot of people thought Pennsylvania was a gettable get for the Republican Party. I'm starting to get Georgia runoff vibes with these two candidates. Yeah, you know, I would almost say the difference is almost more in style and appearance than even it was in Georgia. I mean, I don't think you get difference in style and appearance than you could get from Doug Mastriano, who, you know, champion of like kind of like the real right compared to Oz, who even even though he pushed up to the Trump base, certainly is someone who looks significantly more like an act, someone who's significantly more like a Lehigh Valley or Philly suburbs based Republican. Uh, you know, I, I think even more so the Georgia runoffs, we have two very contrasting styles of candidates. I think, I don't think we really know how this is going to work out for, and I don't think we really know what's it going to do when it comes to, you know, how these two are going to interact, whether that's Mastriano and Oz or Mastriano and McCormick. I don't think we really know how they're going to be able to interact with each other. And I don't know how Mastriano is able to, he's going to have to temper himself down if he wants to have a chance. And if he wants to work with these Senate candidates, he's going to have to temper himself down from his acts in the primary. Uh, you know, we, and I don't know how he's going to do that, but we're going to see, and we're going to have to find out. Yeah. That victory speech last night did not indicate he was in the mode to do that. We will see what happens when the money people and the powers of be sitting down and talk to him, which I'm sure is going to happen next few days. Okay. The other premier race turned out to be a dud North Carolina's, uh, Senate race, Bud just ran away and hid with this thing. He, he almost made 60% of this race, kind of a surprising number. I've been dead wrong about this race from the beginning. I, is this surprising at all to you that it was by that margin and that much? No, I think, I think the issue became is that I think especially Pat McCrory, who was the basically Bud's main competitor, I think he very much just ended up being a very flawed candidate. You know, even I, someone who probably ideologically aligns a bit more towards McCrory than Bud, I was thinking, no, I would support Bud because McCrory already lost a, a winnable race in North Carolina in 2016 when he ran for re-election as governor. You know, he already lost that race. He's a guy who's lost statewide before. In but, a red wave year, by the way, red, he was he was the only state holder in the state, the the legislature, the Supreme, like everything went Republican except him that year. It needs to be noted. Yeah. So I think that's I, I don't think voters forget that. That's for sure. And uh, Bud, I think once he started campaigning, uh, Bud really capitalized on that. You could really see the shift in the polling numbers where it looked a lot tighter when Bud wasn't really campaigning as much to when he really started to get out there and go campaign, you could see the difference in the poll numbers. And uh, I think Bud just really kind of dominated that in the end. And I think it's, it's a well-deserved victory in the end for Bud that well, after he started to go out there and campaign for himself, 
and make his case known to the voters. Yeah, I actually interviewed him a couple of weeks ago for our radio partner, Big Talker. And I asked him directly because I was one of those criticisms. So, you know, I owned it. I put the hat on. I was like, look, this is what I said. What do you think? And he said, we were we were confident in the endorsement. We know the numbers we saw off the endorsement. We were going to go to all the counties, uh, do our ground game, and then do TV at the end. And that really worked for him. So all credit to him. I, he was right. I was wrong. And uh, now he goes on to face Sherry Beasley. He's probably the favorite in that race, I would assume, by what, five to ten points, something like that. Sounds that would right. be correct. We have that rated as likely Republican right now at uh, elections daily yeah and he he is a trumpist through and through but he is a very disciplined one uh he's not going to do a mastriano type thing i think he's going to be tough to beat uh cawthorn we've already talked about before he got code redded by the uh, establishment morning senator tell us how are you in your office well done sir uh <laughs> for those of you that know how those sorts of things work quick break we'll come back with joe zamanski in just a minute that was this week we're going to look ahead to next week georgia on everybody's mind talk about it right after this on her tell You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, welcome back to Hertel. Joe Zamansky. he is invaluable on this stuff. Elections-daily.com, Eric Cunningham and crew over there. They do good work. If you're not watching them on elections night, you're missing out, especially last night when they discovered that Pennsylvania doesn't know how to count votes and they were going to have to dance for 40 minutes live on air. Uh, very entertaining. Well done, sir. Appreciate your time. I've done live radio. I know how that is. You did pretty well with it. Um, let's talk Georgia. This is supposed to have been another one of those real key marquee matchup things. This is starting to look like it's going to be an early call and kind of a dud of a night, isn't it? Yeah, so in the last about three weeks to a month, uh, incumbent governor Brian Kemp has started to actually pull away. This is one of the very rare cases where we've seen after a Trump endorsed endorsement, uh, the Trump endorsed candidate actually started to lose ground uh, in the polls. We've seen Kemp continually pull above around 53 to 56 percent of the vote, which would put him above the necessary runoff range uh, in Georgia for a primary. Uh, which is a big deal. Uh, if Kemp wins that race, that that prime that governor's race almost certainly goes to Lean's Republican. Uh, at this point, uh, general election polling shows him doing about two to three points better than uh, David Perdue against uh, likely Democratic candidate uh, Stacey Abrams. So we are. We, it seems increasingly likely that we'll see 
Kemp versus Abrams round two. But uh, I think there's also a key race, of course, for uh, Secretary of State. Brad Raffensperger is running for re-election. It's expected that he will make a runoff against Jody Heiss, but the likelihood that he'll be favored in that runoff is unlikely. But it does seem like, from what I've heard right now, is that Raffensperger is probably to make the runoff in that race at this moment right now, which will be interesting to see on election night. That is a race certainly worth watching. And that's gone miraculous when you consider where that was, where everybody thought Raffensperger should just pack it up and go to the house. Uh, give the man credit. He fought his corner and he's actually making an election out of that when a lot of people thought he was DOA, you know, right after the Georgia runoffs when he stood up to Trump. So interesting things going on in Georgia. Okay. Herschel Walker looks like he's going to cruise to victory. Kemp looks like he's going to win 20 plus points. In fact, I just saw where David Perdue's actually parring his schedule back. That's never a good sign, right? Before no, never a good sign. Um, uh, sitting Senator Raphael Warnock will be uh, Herschel Walker's opponent. We've already covered it, but just to recap for a second, I think this might be one of the real, real ugly elections of this cycle, especially in the U.S. Senate. Yeah, this is a race that's going to get nasty. Uh, both Warnock and Walker have questions to their background, especially relating to potential uh, issues with potentially domestic abuse. There's been some claims made against Warnock from what seems to be a messy divorce that occurred between him and his ex-wife. Walker has been accused a couple of times now of domestic violence. Uh, this is a race that is going to get nasty. This is a race that I've heard to expect to get nasty between these two candidates. There's a lot of money behind them as well to spend on advertisements for those two. It is going to be a nasty, nasty race. Uh, Georgia, Georgia voters, I feel bad for you. I'm sure all of you down there are feeling burnt out after the last two years, especially because of the runoffs that took you another three months to get through uh, back in back in late 2020, early 2021. Uh, you know, this is going to be another messy, dirty, expensive race in Georgia. One that's certainly going to be very interesting to watch, but it is going to be messy. Like you said, it's probably going to be very dirty. And uh, it might be hard to watch it sometimes just because of how it's going to be partaken of by those two, by those two candidates. Uh, so Georgia's up next. We've, we're kind of getting through the heat, the, the meat of the primary season here. Uh, a lot of interesting elections yet to go, my friend. Uh, Joe Zemanski, let folks know where they can follow you. Your election night coverage just gets better and better every time you guys do it. Uh well, for our live stream, you can either follow us on Twitter at elections underscore daily, and you can watch our live streams there. We stream them every time from, from, uh, from that point, from our Twitter there, or you can follow us, you can follow us and subscribe on YouTube elections daily right there on YouTube. You can subscribe there and you can watch our live streams there either over to work. You can find me at Joseph Szymanski on Twitter, all one word. That is S-Z-Y-M-A-N-S-K-I there for my last name. Uh, and then for just for our general ratings, again, elections-daily.com. You can sign up for a weekly newsletter that will show you, uh, that will recap at the end of the week uh, all of our articles from the past week. We will have a ratings update for you shortly. I just completed my finals. I'm probably working on it tonight. We will have a House, Senate, and Governor's rating uh, governor's rating updates all for you guys within the next couple of days. So be on the lookout for those. Yeah, y'all do great work. All right, man, go grab yourself a nap. I know you're a little low on sleep today. Appreciate it. We will have you back again, probably a bunch over this summer, hot summer of election stuff. Well done, my friend, Joe Zemanski. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you for having me on. Yes, sir. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.